yesterday, I was shot down. And hunted by men that wanted to cut my head off. I've flown 28 combat missions in three tours. Monsters, but they're just men. It's not human. There's nothing like this bunker and any satellite images. I can take you to it. How many are we talking about? There's an army down there. Kill anything that shrieks. Batter up, you son of a. Quit screwing around, dude. Hello and welcome back to the On The Slab Horror Show. The only show you need on a Friday night. King, why do we do this amazing horror show on a Friday night? Because Friday night is horror night. And it always has been. And I'm sure our guest knows that only too well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, ap- apologies uh, in advance for the King's faulty webcam yes it's uh, going it to is, the bin after this it's coming and going right on the time when he doesn't need it to go <laughs> but uh as you can see he is here in voice anyway i sure am i sure am. um so much so that he even had to take a day off work for today i sure did i did Tonight, uh, actually. yeah i woke night dedication to the horror cause that is damn right man <laughs> that's it that's dedication to the guest that you can see in the corner here it mightn't be the most recognisable face in the business uh, because it's from behind the camera. Um, but it is a very famous name when you talk about the movies that have come from his mindset. We have the latest movie in The Lair, which is on Shudder right now. And I really recommend going to street, stream that on Shudder. We have Centurion, who starred Michael Fassbender. We have The Descent, which is arguably read one of the best horrors in the business. And in my opinion, the number one werewolf movie in the business. And in Carl's opinion, it is very slightly number two. Very, very slightly. Let's just reiterate that. <laughs> very, um, very slightly. <laughs> but tonight we have the director of all those amazing movies, uh, Mr. Neil Marshall. How are you, sir? I'm very, very good and very happy to be on the show. Thank you very much for taking the time out to come on. At least, at least it's not. At least it's not stupid o'clock for one of us. Makes a change, yeah. yeah. These Americans on their weird times. <laughs> well, it used to be that way when I was living out there. Yeah, doing weird stuff at weird times. <laughs> but uh, now, uh, as we said in the intro, you kind of have an idea as to why it's a Friday night when they used to play horror movies at ten o'clock after the watershed. Yeah, on Freak Air that. TV. Absolutely, and and that's very much the 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 reason that dog soldiers was the way that it was is like i made i wanted to make a movie that you'd come back from the pub and watch oh yeah know? um that was I, kind of primarily designed for i'd watch it in the pub i'd watch it before the pub and after the pub i love it, <laughs> I've seen it in a few pubs. yeah i've seen it in a few pubs yeah uh it's a it was a it came out as a real film for um film didn't it uh like that's that's the channel that seemed to show it over here anyway well it, well, it came out in, in cinemas first when it first came out um, in the UK, 
And then, yeah. I saw, yeah, I saw it in the cinema. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Pathé released it, and then it got its DVD release. And then I think, yeah, Film 4 or whatever was started showing it and kind of haven't stopped. Uh, I was... Nearly 20. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was 12. Well, actually, I was 11 when it came out. Um, oh, don't rub it in. That just makes me feel so fucking... <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we'll move on to Dog Soldiers in um, in a little while. Uh, we'll start off with the newest one of the... Of the of the collection, I couldn't think of the right word. <laughs> um, in the lair, which I thought was awesome. Very, um, very, yeah, very enjoyable. Well, that, that I think that's the key word is that it's enjoyable. Uh, yeah. I wanted to make I, I wanted to make something fun because uh, we've just done the film The Reckoning, which is, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of very dark and it's more you know it's as much a drama as it is a a horror movie, although it does yeah. have devil sex in it. Um, but but, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's very you know it's pretty straight. And then I thought, okay, I want to make something that's more fun again, more more in the tradition of Dog Soldiers, really. And so I consider the lair to be a bit like, um, uh, you know, it's it's a cousin, it's a distant cousin, it's in the same family, but it's a distant cousin to Dog Soldiers because it's it's in that subgenre of soldiers and monsters, mm. uh, of which Dog Soldiers, Predator, Starship Troopers, you know, films like that, and Aliens, of course. All, um, all films that we love. <laughs> into, so I wanted to make another Soldiers and Monsters movie. So that's where the lair is, yeah. And it is, it's got scares, it's got lots of gore, but it's also got like some cracking one-liners. And, and oh, yeah. One. Neil, I have to say, I, I love the, the creatures in it. The creature, I think it's it's a cool design. They're, they're a lot of fun to do. I mean, they're, they're always difficult, but it's it's worth doing practical, you know. I, I, yeah. I wanted to do an old-fashioned man-in-a-suit monster movie. Um <laughs> Because you know, you just don't see an awful lot of that around now. It's all CG. No. Um, Absolutely. But I love I love practical effects, and and I think the actors do too. You know. Yeah. And the actors actually got something to 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 react to and hit and run away from. Makes a big we, difference. We've actually brought that up in the past to two actors we've had on. It's a lot easier to act with someone in front of you than mm. something that's not there or just a guy in a blue suit. Well, yeah, or a green suit uh, or whatever you know, it is. I can't Im- imagine how much more our film would have cost if we tried to do every single one of those creature such shots as a CG shot. It just yeah. never would have been able to pull it off. Yeah, or no, it's, it, it would have done, but it would have looked shit. I was just yeah. going to say, yeah, I, I mean, I think when you've got a practical effect, it does feel more kind of authentic and organic, doesn't it? It really does. Like, an... It just holds up on camera because it's real. It's there. Yeah. It's in the room. It's like it's reacting to the lighting. It's you know, and you get happy accidents. You get things happening that um, you can't predict, but so, suddenly like a you know something might happen accidentally that just works for the movie. That happened a lot on uh, on Dog Soldiers and on Descent as well. That, that just yeah. certain things happen because it's there. And it's it's you know it's in camera. Yeah, it, it's part of life then. <laughs> yeah, that's the ideal. Is it's the living thing on the set um i will say that as carl said there the creatures looked phenomenal to me the creatures looked a bit um what's the right way so say the demogorgon from stranger things crossed with venom? the with venom maybe a bit or the with resident evil and then it had all the little holes for whatever what's it called trigonometry or trig trigger trigophobia or something Tr- trichophobia yeah trichophobia. yeah 
you could see all their head. There's little holes in their head and stuff, and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah that's kind of creep somebody out. Yeah, to freak freak people out who suffer from mm. that. Um, yeah. yeah, but I wanted to make it all teeth, you know. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, enough so. things with tank with the teeth in the mouth. To be honest, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then and obviously it having to get some tentacles. That's what I was going to say. It obviously has the um, like the probe tentacle things that come out, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with tentacles that are you know going to stick in places they shouldn't and stuff like that. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that that's what really creeps people out. That's why the likes of um, like as you mentioned earlier, Starship Troopers. Obviously, yeah. the the bug comes and sticks it into his head. That's fine, but when you see it taking people's brains out, people were like, no, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> but, well, I got uh, I got I got uh, I had to get the line in about sucking brains out, whatever, and. and in that one as well there's a reference <laughs> to brain sucking yes if you're dealing with monsters with tentacles there's got to be some brain sucking going on of course. it's got to be <laughs> a little nod to starship troopers there yeah of course, of course. And, and every other alien movie that ever came like that obviously yeah. but, um, like of course but... neil um sorry for cutting across you greg there the the film started it came out on shutter didn't it yeah yeah, it, it got a theatrical release in the US, oh, cool. and then it came out in uh, uh, on Shudder in the UK in January. That's right. I watched it. I think it was the day after it came out because uh, I, I guess said, yeah. it's a, yeah. I don't know how you you get it through Prime. Uh, uh, no, well Prime I have I have Shudder, so uh, I'm able okay. to watch it on that. But I don't think it was on Prime. I didn't see it on Prime. Oh, you, get, uh, Shudder, you, you get Shudder through Prime or something uh, like that. All right. Okay. Oh dear. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I know, I know we can get Shudder just outright, but it's like six quid yeah, or seven yeah, totally. a month. Mm. Which yeah. is great because the amount of amazing stuff that comes out on it is, is phenomenal. That's why I was I was actually quite surprised to hear that the layer was going on to it straight away. I was like, oh, yes. Well, I mean, you know, we make we try and make, uh, I try and make the films to be as cinematic as possible. And I've seen it played in the cinema and it, it is, it's, big, it's a big movie. It's a, it's a little movie with big, you know, an epic canvas. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Afghanistan and stuff like that, and we shot it in widescreen and everything about it, the sound and the, the action and stuff like that. I wanted it to play to an audience, um, but the way that it was made, uh, financed, was that Shudder bought it, or RLJ and the states bought it, and they have a deal with Shudder, so they yeah. bought it outright for UK, US, Australia, and New Zealand, but it only went theatrical in the US. Um, they don't do theatrical deals for, for for the UK, so it ended up going yeah. straight to Shudder here, which is really unfortunate. So um, that it, you know, it should, I've, I've, you know, as I say, I've seen it played in theaters or whatever in cinemas. Um, we had a little premiere screening a couple of weeks ago in London at the, the Prince Charles Cinema, yeah. and it was the most fun screening I've had of the movie because it was like it was actually not a horror audience for the first time. Oh, cool. It oh. was just like a regular bunch of people, and they and, and a lot of them didn't necessarily, you know, go to see horror movies, but they had such a laugh with it because they were getting really scared during the scary parts and having a really good laugh during the rest, and and uh, it was a really fun fun night. And that's a common yeah. theme through your films, Neil. Is you know people get scared with the scary parts, and and the the comedy really shines through when it's there, and I love that about your stuff. You know, it's. I you think know, it's yeah. important to get some laughs in there. I mean, there's not an awful lot of laughs in Descent to be... To be no, 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 no. <laughs> but, um, but there's still some character humour in there somewhere. Um, and I think it's important that the humour comes from some characters sometimes. So, yeah, yeah definitely, I it, agree. It, 
there those always though you'll see it in um, i was only actually on a podcast there a couple of weeks ago and i said it to somebody um in horror you always have a comedy relief person well there's very few ones that you don't have a comedy relief obviously the exorcist is one um yeah. i actually mentioned the descent was another one um there's, yeah there's not a lot of comic relief in either of those films and and i no. think you know as a filmmaker you've got a you've got a choice and when i set out to make the descent i set out to make the scariest movie i possibly could uh, when I and boy did make... you do a good job <laughs> <laughs> and when, I, when I set out to make the lair I, I wanted to make something that was going to be fun have some scares have some laughs just be a thoroughly entertaining movie um, on, all, on all fronts and you know if I do another horror film which I will yeah. um, I want to you know I fancy going back and trying to do something scary as fuck again but like Definitely. you know I think some, some directors like they make their film they want to they want to maybe make it, uh, maybe not offensive, but certainly like they want it to be upsetting. They want it to be so gory, it's going to like drive people off cinemas. Mm-hmm. That is definitely an option. Um, with this one, I just wanted to make something that people would have a good laugh with. Fun. Yeah. Go along for the ride. But next time, who knows? I might, I, I would like to do something really dark and fucked up again. Definitely. I mean, with the, the type of movie that The Lair is, you can see where people were comparing it to, obviously, to Dog Soldiers. Which I don't think is is a is a fair comparison because they're no, two. I, I, they seem to compare it more to the descent, which is like an even more unfair comparison. It's just mm. it's basically like oh, they're saying oh, well, Neil Moss is doing a horror movie. It's got some underground monsters, therefore he must be remaking the descent. Well, if you go in with that attitude, you know, and you're going to compare it to the descent, then you're going to be disappointed because it's nothing like it. Yeah. And it, you know, if anything, tonally, it's probably more like Dog Soldiers, and that in fact, it mixes humor and horror. But I don't. I don't think it's like either of them. It just happens to be soldiers, monsters. There's not a ground lair, but it's not a cave. It's yeah. like just, you know, it's it's a whole I, different. Like I I I got into um a fair few debates online about it, and people were saying, oh well, it's it's just basically dark soldiers. I was like, did you actually watch the movie? Like, I said, it's yeah. it's nothing like it. Okay, it's got humor. Fine. So what? So what I mean, I was like, it's it's a completely different movie. Yeah, like, completely I was like, different characters, completely different setting. It's like, you know, it's interesting that the world that, you know, with Dog Soldiers was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was the world pre, pre-9-11, pre yeah. the war in Iraq, pre everything like that. It's, like, it's a very different take on, on the sub, on soldiers and who they were at that time. And, and, and I felt the need to like, obviously, I wanted to set it within um, a real context. So it was in Afghanistan and it's set around a real event, which is... The dropping of that huge fucking bomb that the americans dropped in 2017 yeah. and i want to just like center a story around that real event um and i'm not certainly not trying to make any kind of political statements with the movie it's just about a bunch of people stuck in a shit situation and trying yeah. to deal with it um, As, uh, like I, I just i can't get over some people that when they're just like oh well it has to be this why does it have to be that just because but, your name's attached that there, there are those that just basically want you to make the same thing over and over and over again um, it's like that with music if, as well. If, but if you do that, if you do that, then they won't be happy with it. Because it's like, yeah. wasn't well, it's never going to be the same. So I mean, I was like, I I got removed from two different forms for giving out to people over it, and I was like, just watch the <laughs> fucking movie rather than than giving out before you even see it. Oh do well, I mean? if, if that if people are like making judgments without even seeing it, then yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's fairly stupid. But um, the the whole thing of me getting kicked out of things I, that happens quite regularly. I usually yeah. get fixed with bands <laughs> and shit. 
he has an opinion and he likes yeah. to use it all the time, you know. Um, power, Neil, power wanna, free speech. <laughs> Neil, um, the the group of uh, soldiers soldiers you have in this episode, there are this movie. They're they're quite a bunch, aren't they? They're a, a mix, a fucking mix and a half, you know. Um, what I was going to say to you was: Is there any kind of was there any kind of particular? I mean, when I think of really cool. Uh, squadrons from the films, I think of the, the the squadron from Predator or um, oh, yeah. the Marines from Alien, or you know, was there any kind of inf- influence from any types of those kind of people for these guys? Yeah, you always like you know the Dirty Dozen's a good one, or mm. the Great Escape, or whatever. It's just like you're trying to put together like a an interesting bunch. Actually, the Great Escape's a good comparison because one of the things that interested me about this group and, and you know what has been happening in terms of warfare in Iraq and Afghanistan or whatever is that the British and Americans have been fighting alongside each other again which they haven't done since like the second world war yeah um, and so I, I really wanted to play up those kind of cultural you know the, the, the humor of, of culture clash between the Americans and the Brits which we never we didn't do with dog soldiers because there was no Americans in it exactly, um, yeah. so I thought you know let's let's throw some like British soldiers and American soldiers into the same Pot, which is exactly what has been happening over in Afghanistan and stuff like that, and see how, see what humor we can mine from that, and what, you know, it, make it interesting. And I think something like The Great Escape, which had, you know, Richard Attenborough and Steve McQueen in the same film, or another great example is Where He Goes Dare, which is Richard Burton and Clint Eastwood. Mm. You know, and those combinations work really, really well. So um, yeah, I just wanted to play around with that for a bit and make them a, like a, just an interesting ragtag. It's it's the classic thing. It's a ragtag bunch of soldiers. <laughs> I was it's a good film. I feel you know, especially if you if you get it right from the start, you know. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I thought uh, Charlotte Kirk was very good as the leader, uh, the lead role. You know. Very much. Uh, Kate Sinclair wasn't that her name? Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah, it's very kick-ass. You know, uh, which is she did a lot of work training and learning to. You know, she'd never shot a gun before, so learning to fire the Kalashnikovs and stuff like that. So yeah, she put uh, she put a lot of effort into it for sure. Can I ask you how, how long it took? Sorry, Greg, again. Oh, <laughs> we do that. We do that a lot, Neil. Sorry, <laughs> we're excited to ask questions. You know, um, <laughs> how long did it take to to for shooting? How long did it take to to do the whole thing? Uh, we had 25, 26 days. He didn't say 28. <laughs> 28 days later. What? Sorry. <laughs> Fucking daddy jokes, you know. Um, and where was where did, where was what locations did you were you filming in? Well, I mean, you wouldn't know it to look at the movie, but it was all shot in Budapest. Oh, cool. Uh, in a, in a, in and around yeah. Budapest, so uh, most most of the underground bunker was just various locations within Budapest. Yeah. All the exterior stuff was shot in a bunch of quarries around Budapest. And you, none of the locals would have seen any of the, the shenanigans going on, would they? Not really, no. I mean, it was it was kind of hidden from view sort of thing, a lot of what was going on with the creatures and things. Um, yeah, so um, it was like a lot of visual effects to expand the landscape, do map paintings and set extensions and things like that to make it look like it's in uh, Afghanistan and you know when you see it you would never believe it's shot in Budapest that's no it's I mean it does look like it's in Afghanistan you know so you've you've uh, succeeded there anyway good one, good one. Uh, straight, right. straight straight in the desert yeah absolutely yeah. yeah um can I just bring it back a little bit Neil and can I just I, I'm sure you've done 
done this on many a, an interview and a conversation, but uh, this is our, you know, our good chance to chat to you. Like, so give us an idea of, of your how you got into filmmaking. And I know you're probably sick of talking about it, but give us a little bit of a rundown of how you got into it and what, you know, what got you into it. Um, what got me into it was, um, I don't know, I just very quickly got a love of movies. I think I definitely got that from my dad at an early age. Um, he, you know, he's a movie fanatic too. And um, I don't know, I think my earliest, one of my earliest memories is him kind of, I don't know, I was like five years old or something like that. And he woke me up and said, you know, there's something on the TV. You've got to come and have a watch of it. And, um, and I can't remember, it was either the Frankenstein or the Bride of Frankenstein. It was one of those two. And... Nice. Uh, and I'd never seen anything like it. I was just hooked. I was just completely like, I was like terrified, but at the same time, like just completely couldn't take my eyes off the screen. And um, and I loved it. And from then on, I was like trying to watch all the black and white Universal monster movies and the Wolfman, obviously like must have touched the nerve. And then um, shortly after <laughs> just that, slightly. Yeah, I mean, shortly after that, you know, when I started going to the cinema the first time. And then you know, I was seven years old. I got to see Star Wars when it came out, you know, fell in love with the idea of going to the cinema and then when i was 11 i saw raiders of the lost ark for the first time i was and watching that this evening <laughs> greatest movie ever made quite simply there you go and um and i saw the making of raiders of the lost ark was on television to promote it and when i saw and i saw that and i was just like that's that's what i have to do i have to do that i don't know how to do it i don't know what it's going to involve but I have to direct movies like that. That's what I want to. That's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And my best friend, uh, Mike Johnson, who's uh, now a very successful writer, he wrote Sherlock Holmes and stuff like that. Um, he, uh, he had the same idea, and we got hold of his mum's uh, little Super 8 camera. I mean, it's a bit of a cliche now because like Spielberg's told this story, and J.J. Abrams has told this story, yeah. but this is how we all started. Like we all got hold of a Super 8 cine camera. And started making films and we, we started shooting little movies in, in his back garden and then going out to the woods and shooting like little Indiana Jones type movies and stuff like that and then we'd get the film back and we edit it and we would put it to music and we'd scratch on the film to make visual effects and do all these little tricks but we learned the whole process of writing and making and scoring and putting on little family showings and stuff like that of our movies well you know and that was kind of like while well, we were teenagers and then I went to art college, went to film school, and just I was just I was just set on a course, and I never looked anywhere else. I was like, I am going to make films somehow, but I was up in Newcastle. It was like a long way from London, let alone Hollywood. Oh, sorry and, about uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just trying to figure out how I was going to do it all, and it just went from step to step to step. That I went to film school, I learned how to edit properly there. I came out of film school and so there was at the time there was still a local television industry up in Newcastle yeah. and I managed to get some jobs there editing to pay the rent and at the same time I was writing and then another friend of mine from film school a guy called Keith Bell we got very drunk one day and and, and came up with the idea of dog soldiers and said let's make a werewolf movie for our first feature. Wow. Um, that was round about 1996 we didn't Shoot, get to shoot it until six years later but that was the start of the process of writing it of going out trying to get the right people attached and make it you know mm. and and, uh, and finally got there so i you know i was 30 when we shot dog soldiers so yeah a long journey but worth it i mean 
you said there that you just went out and got drunk and decided we're going to make a werewolf movie. That yeah. must be the best drunken decision ever. <laughs> it was a pretty good drunken decision. I think we wrote a little contract out on a napkin somewhere. Which I, I, I did have for a lot of time. I, I don't know where it's gone now, but I certainly had it. There's a very drunken scroll of like, let's make a werewolf movie, I'll produce, you direct, there we go, we'll sign it. <laughs> well, that was our first contract. Um, right. But a lot of, at, at that time, because I was still living in Newcastle, and there was that thing of like, we'd just literally like, there'd be a few of us, we'd go to the, the pub, our favourite pub in Newcastle, a place called The Bacchus, which sadly no longer exists, or it doesn't exist in its original form, which is awesome. We used to go there at like midday on a Saturday and not leave until we were kicked out at whatever time, two o'clock in the morning or something, <laughs> get locked in. And all day would be spent knocking around ideas and film shit, just talking shit all day until we'd come up with like an idea. And one of those ideas was Dog Soldiers, another one was Centurion. And uh, and that's that was where, you know, a lot of those ideas came. That's, so that's how long that's been in the process. Obviously Dog Soldiers was 2002. Yeah. And then Centurion was what, 16? Uh, well, I shot it in, in 2009. It was released 2010. 10. Oh, I, I only seen it later on then. Um, but like, that's a long time to have an idea in your head. Well, if it's if it's something good, it'll stay there. You know, it just just states and, and it turns over. And it was, and all the idea was was like somebody just said to me, "Have you ever heard about the, the myth of the Ninth Legion?" And I'm like, "Well, what's that?" And he says, "Oh, it's this entire legion of Romans, and they marched into Scotland and vanished without a trace." And I'm like, "That's awesome." And it's in the back of my mind and like shit that somewhere and there was like at one point there was an idea of um if i did do a dog soldier sequel it was going to be a prequel about the romans going up into scotland and getting picked off by werewolves um, and somehow that kind of like just changed and you know over the years these things come and they go and we never got to make the dog soldier sequel and so it kind of became centurion instead Somebody signed that man up to a Dog Soldiers 2 right now. I'm all in. Um, I'd say that's probably one of the things you get asked the most. Would you make a sequel? Or, you know, well, is it still ever if, possible? You know, if I had, if I had a, a a pound or a dollar for every time somebody asked me that question, I could have financed the film now. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. I, I'd say you, you must be delighted with the amount of love that film still holds, even oh, to this God, day. Yeah. No, it's unbelievable. I, I'm so proud. You know, we did, we did a little mini cast reunion at a horror festival in Manchester in um, November, or, or yeah, um, and um, just seeing the seeing some of the boys again. Spoon was there, and Sean Pertwee, and um, and Craig Conway, and, and just getting together with them, and um, just chatting about it and reliving those those memories and stuff. Like that. And the fact that so many people wanted to come along and meet us and say hi, the, the, it's astonishing the love that that film holds. You know, really I wanted is. to go. Didn't we, we Carl? We all wanted to go. Okay, leave me alone. <laughs> it's Carl's fault that we didn't go. It's, no, it's not my fault. It was our, my partner's 40th. So <laughs> I that couldn't weekend. go. And, and in fairness to the lads, they would go without me. So <laughs> I was absolutely gutted. Once I seen the announcement, I was like, no. Because, because in fairness, Neil, he, he, he would have been happy. I would have been happy. He had you. I would have had yeah. David Norton. You know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I got to meet David Norton. He was lovely. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we, were on, we were like on the tables next to each other. It was like a bitter rivalry. We should. Ah. You should. You should have just told Carl that he was a dickhead or something, just to make him feel a little bit better. 
no, I, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> um, no, yeah, we were we were good at now. I watched I've watched the panel twice since they dropped it on the YouTube channel. Oh yes, yeah, yeah no, it was, was very very good. Very enjoyable. Yeah. It was good fun. It was just it was just yeah. Just feel feel the love for the movie was lovely. Um, twenty years on, um, it was great to see the cast back, or most of the cast anyway. Um, yeah. obviously Kevin didn't go. He's big time Hollywood now. Doing is it Grey's Anatomy <laughs> that he's doing? Yeah, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, no, it's hard to hard to get get him I'd, out of it. I'd uh, I'd actually rather tear my eyes out than watch that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, she watches some of it, and I'm like, no, no. Um. But, no, I, I love Kev to bits, but I've not watched an episode. And I know he's he's directing episodes and stuff like that now. So, oh, fair play to him. So he's I've, doing well. Yeah, no, he's doing very well for himself. Golden handcuffs. So that's what it is. Golden handcuffs. <laughs> I've never um never been into any of them kind of things. As I said, see, I don't really watch a whole lot of TV stuff. Movies is the way I go. So, yeah, me too. um, but for me, like I've told the story a million times on this show. We used to go into video shops and rent out DVDs and see if, like, we'd pick out anything, or most likely we'd pick out the worst looking DVD boxes we could find yeah. and hope to God that there was something good that came out of it. Um, so we've done it a few times. I got in, I don't know if you've ever seen the 2003 Wrong Torn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got that from me. Yeah. Uh, I got House, obviously the Sean Cunningham one. Yes. Um, but we got dog soldiers from it. Aha! Uh, and I was like, yes. Tell me, pick it up. Werewolf movie. Ninety-nine percent of them are crap. Uh, that uh, yeah. I mean, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to do because, um, unlike zombies and vampires, which you know, the makeup effects, uh, you know, they're still fundamentally human. So it's like, you know, you you adding some teeth or some. Flaky yeah. skin or whatever it is, but werewolves—you've kind of, you know—that's why not many of them get made because creating a decent werewolf is bloody hard. Yeah, uh, and not very cheap. So, um, yeah, and then so so there's a lot less of them in the werewolf genre than, than anything else, really. Is there any particular reason, Neil, that they were so tall? Was that part of the lore of the that particular werewolf, or like you know the way they were like what eight foot tall or whatever they were meant to be? Yeah. Because uh, I thought they'd look cooler if they were tall. <laughs> That's fair enough. I, I got that. I get that. Yeah, no, they, you, you want them to be scary. You want them to be big. And uh, the way that, you know, it's like, I thought it was like a sort of dog that's on its, it, when a dog gets up on its hind legs or a bear or whatever, you know, like that. Mm. You think that they're pretty big and then they stand up on their hind legs and they're like way taller. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, okay, it's kind of like that. So let's make them really tall. What what I especially loved about them was they were smart. They yeah, actually use they use the pack yes. rather than trying to use a, the little bit of intelligence that they have for being half human yeah. to trap people and do do this that and the other. Yeah. Well, not not even that though. If you ever watch like nature documentary when you see a wolf pack, yeah, they they don't all attack at once. They'll they'll circle round and then they'll use the pack as many as they have which they do quite well you done quite well with this i did i did a lot of research into i had six years to plan it so i, I did a lot of research <laughs> wolves and wolf behavior and werewolf mythology and all that kind of stuff to, to to prep for that one yeah 
it, I, I just I just thought it was fantastic. I was hooked on it from the first time I seen it. Um, and I, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've seen it now. I watch it at least <laughs> three or four times a year. He nice. does. Uh, uh, nice. Well, um, it's, it's, it's quite a busy film as well. There's quite a lot in it. So you can watch it a lot and spot things differently. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You do. I do see it sometimes and I watch it and I'm like, oh, yeah. I've seen it this many times, but I've never noticed that happening before. Yeah. Uh, and things. So, like for me, the casting was perfect. Obviously, at the time, not really many huge, huge names. Um, probably the biggest. Sean, the Sean probably the biggest. Yeah, Sean was uh, Sean and Kev. I mean, Kev had done Train Spotting. Sean had done. Yeah. Well, Train Spotting. Yeah. Uh, Sean had done a bunch of stuff by then, obviously. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, they, 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 and, and Liam Cunningham. Um, you know, it was way pre games oh. and all that stuff. Yeah. He's brilliant in uh, that, isn't he? He's brilliant in this. Brilliant. brilliant. I actually, <laughs> I actually have a, I have a story about, I have a story about meeting Liam Cunningham. I used to work for Nike, and Liam Cunningham oh, yeah. came in, right? And people were like, "Oh, it's Davos from from uh, Game of Thrones." And yep. I was like, "No." I was like, I went up and I was like, "That's Captain Ryan." <laughs> I, I did I, I as I said to the lads before I was like I don't know if I should I should have chanced my arm and went have you tried licking your own balls yet Ryan <laughs> uh, I was like maybe I shouldn't do that if I was in work I'd say he would have loved that I think he would I think he would have loved that he would have loved that I don't think my boss would have loved that no nah, maybe maybe not um, but Neil. I thought he was a fantastic bad guy he was yeah, yeah. Neil so, I gotta ask you a question um I love, and I think myself and Greg have spoke about this over the over the last couple of years. Like we, I love the how how real uh, British horror can look in in comparison to, say, American horror. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, it yeah. almost looks a bit more realistic or believable. Is it just what? Like I mean, you're in the biz, we'll say. Like, is it just the way it's filmed, or is it equipment, or is? But it just always looks more realistic, more visceral, or something. I don't know. Um, I don't honestly know what the answer to that is because if like if it's a case of looking visceral or whatever, then when you say, well, Texas Chainsaw Massacre looked plenty visceral. Oh well, yeah, yeah. That's... Um, I think a lot of it's got to do with the fact that it's our familiarity with with the uh, with the language, with mm. yeah, especially like on, on certain British films, just the, just the accent, the British accents, um, yeah. the use of like British slang or or Irish accents or whatever it is. Yeah. But it but it um it it it's something we're, we're, we're familiar with how people yeah. talk around us and so that it makes it feel more grounded and real because it's 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 something we understand better whereas I, i'm guessing that for americans seeing american horror films they feel the same way about that and probably think yeah. that weird you know british horror films are weird because everybody talks funny yeah uh, no that's probably yeah that's probably yeah, when you when you say it like that actually yeah because uh like you could no, actually we don't you know we don't film them in any kind of different ways it's the same equipment right. or whatever. Um, I mean, there's also things like if everything's shot in beautiful sunshine, it looks very kind of Hollywood. But if you shoot it on bleak, rainy, shitty weather days like we get in the UK, then yeah. somehow it's more kind of gritty and realistic. But it could be that. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's what I would have said. For British horror that you see, the likes of Dog Soldiers and stuff, it's always dark looking and dull. Where you see, if you film outside in California or LA, it's most likely going to be bright and warm. Well, yeah, I mean, and an example of that was that when I did the, um, I did, I did uh, a Constantine for TV. 
Okay. Um, I did the pilot of Constantine, and um, my whole pitch when I went in there, as I said, I, wa I wanted to basically do something like the French Connection, but with demons. I wanted nice. to look like gritty <laughs> 70s, bleak, because uh, it was going to be set in New York. So, yeah. so I was like, I wanted to look like the French Connection, bleak as fuck, but with like Constantine and demons and stuff. That's what I want to do. We ended up shooting it in Atlanta in the summertime where it was like blazing sunshine. Everything's crisp and clean and brand new. And I'm just like, that's totally not the aesthetic that I wanted. You know, like it, just, it, it, it was fun, but it never looked as good as I intended it to look. Yeah. I didn't even know they made a TV show of Constantine. Well, it only lasted one season. And oh, then... The still, weird... I did like the old movie. Well, the, the, weird, the, the problem was, was um, that they wanted to make it was a network TV show. And Constantine's a character who's famous for like drinking, swearing, yeah. and, you know, having sex and, and smoking. <laughs> and um, he wasn't allowed to do any of those on the TV show. He couldn't smoke. He couldn't drink. He couldn't Shame. swear. You know, and it was like just take away all his best attributes, and he just left with kind of a grey man. John Constantine uh, without a cigarette is not John Constantine. <laughs> I know exactly, and you know, the, 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 so much hang on that. If if it if it hadn't been done network TV, I think it could have been great, but. Was, it was so restricting trying to create that character. It's like trying to tell the story of like Sid Vicious or something without him drinking or whatever. So yeah, so that was that was kind of weird, and it, and it got cancelled after the first season. But the, they took the actor and the character from a version of Constantine, and they put him in. I think it was the Flash first or Arrow, and then he became a regular on Legends of Tomorrow. Um, right. Okay. I, same actor playing Constantine, so it was weird because like the, the that that version of the character lived on even though his own show died. Right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I did. I didn't really watch any of those DC TV, TV shows. shows um, she like she loved she loved Arrow. That's the green out of the bar, wasn't it? Was that? Yeah. It wasn't Stephen Amell, was it? Uh, wasn't who? Uh, Stephen Amell was Arrow. Yeah. Arrow, yeah. Oh, I, I never oh. watched Arrow, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, either way. But, um, like, as you said, you've done a, a bit of TV work and whatnot, but going back to movies, I'd say you're a bit more freedom um, in terms of making movies compared to where you might be before, the, I don't know whether in America have a watershed where you can do and do certain things. As you're saying there, it was restricted for Constantine. Well, only on network TV. If you if you're doing, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever on HBO, you can you can actually do stuff on TV now that you could, you would never get away with in the cinema, because um, they'd slap a, an X certificate on a film if you did half the stuff that's on TV now. It's it's kind of everything suddenly flipped. Um, so I mean, you know, I, but for movies, I don't know. I, I never even take any of that into consideration. It's like I just make the movie I want to make and see what see what ends. I've never. I've never had to cut a movie to get a different certificate, and I'm not planning to start. It's like, um, if I, you know, with with Descent, I wanted to make a, a an 18 certificate film, and that's that's what we did. I mean, like before that, like obviously, Dog Soldiers wasn't overly amazingly gory. No, it um, had some. I mean, Sean Sean with his entrails hanging out and stuff like that. <laughs> Um, I, I, I made a film that I that I, I was like if it, I I would have loved it to got 18 certificate, but um, the, the the census in the UK or whatever came back and said no we'll just give it a 15. It's like yes it's gory, 
yes it's got some language in it whatever it is but it's clearly the tone of it is not meant to be offensive it's not super scary it's scary to a degree but it's not super scary and uh you know and the people and it's werewolf so it's like clearly fantastical um so they gave it a 15 certificate even though like and i didn't hold back on the blood and guts or anything i just made the film make uh, and then with Descent, I kind of went, I think I just thought, fuck it, I've got to get an 18 certificate with it. <laughs> I'm all in. I love, yeah. I love you said there, I love, I love that scene with Sean Pedry when his insides are out. What happens? <laughs> My guts are out. Well, we'll put them back in. <laughs> I don't think it works quite like that, but um, like, the Descent was proper vicious, though. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted it to be, it's bleak, it's it's gnarly, it's people, it's, you know, these bunch of girls who will literally, like, do whatever it takes to survive, and, and I thought, you know, let's, let's get really, let's get messy with that one. I, like, I, I said this, uh, go ahead, Carl. I was just going to say, give us a little bit of a background on that one, because, like, uh, you, you probably thought we were ignoring the descent, but we're not. Uh, no. Give us a little bit of a background on the descent, if you wouldn't mind, Neil. No, uh, uh, so that it, that actually came about almost as a reaction to Dog Soldiers, as a reaction to uh, one of the, I, 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 I still don't remember who it was, it was somebody who wrote a review and said uh, that, you know, Dog Soldiers is great, it's really good, whatever, but but when's a British filmmaker going to make a really scary horror film again? Hmm. Um, like Challenge last, accepted. <laughs> the last one was like Hellraiser or whatever, and I was just thought, oh, right, well, fuck, the gauntlet's been thrown down now. <laughs> so that was it. I just thought, I want to make the scariest film I can possibly make. Um, so that's that was the origins of, of, uh, of The Descent, really. Such a good film. I mean, you, you've put two things in place for that movie. People that are claustrophobic and then high stress levels <laughs> causing yeah. people to do things yeah. that they wouldn't normally do. So, Issues of like, trust. Yeah. There's so many subtleties in that movie. Obviously, you have, uh, and there's a spoiler out, if you haven't seen it by now, that's, that's your own fault. Um, <laughs> like You have the cheating aspect of it. Yeah. Which I uh, think is kind of like, the idea that you take, you know, what is a very, very, you know, when, when, when there's a, a relationship breakdown between, you know, a, you know, three or four people or whatever, because of cheating, because of betrayal, whatever, that's a high stress situation in normal life that, that gets people very emotionally, like, unsound. And uh, <laughs> six, you take that situation, but put it in a cave when there's things trying to attack you and kill you. And it's like, well, where can we take that? And that's what's why it's such a kind of, intense movie of these these uh, betrayals and things that happen underground in this horrible situation it's it's uh, all sorts of messed up um and again i liken this to um a movie like i remember seeing this for the first time not actually realizing what it was so i thought i was getting it came out around the same time as the cave i think it yep. might have been the same year as the cave it was the same year and, but depending on where you saw it, it either because we rushed it through production. We uh, we filmed the descent in like January, February of I can't remember what year it was now, but we filmed it in January, February. Uh, we had it in cinemas in the UK in June or July, July. Uh, so like that was that's an unbelievably quick turnaround. But we did that 
so that we'd beat the cave to the cinemas because the cave was coming out in August uh, in the UK. Whereas in the US, they said, let's hang fire and let the cave open and we'll release, you know, the following year, whenever it was, February or something like that. So, uh, yeah, we, the cave came right kind of between the UK and UK, uh, US releases of Descent. Because from our point of view, we were like making a little cave movie and there was this big Hollywood cave movie that had like three or four times our budget. And we were thinking, you know, we're going to get creamed here by this thing. But as Away. it turned out, we didn't. It was shite as well, the cave was. <laughs> Neil, can I just ask you again, because I'm very into the the special effects of the monsters. I really am, as you know. Well, Greg knows. Uh, the the monsters in this, at certain points, looked like vampires. Just the, the makeup of them, like how they looked. Um, but give us a bit of a, dis a discussion about the monsters in this. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the the, 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 the crawlers were... The, the principle behind them was that they were meant to be... They're, they're the cavemen who stayed in the cave. Mm. Like, when the rest of us left the cave to evolve and build houses and, you know, cities and live yeah. our lives, there was, another, there was another bunch of cavemen who did the opposite. They went deeper into the cave and stayed there. And they've evolved to live within the darkness of the cave. And so certain physical attributes have changed to function in that that, that circumstance in that they've got essentially gone blind because they don't need their eyes anymore, but their ears are super sensitive and they have this kind of sonar kind of vibe going on. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're highly predatory. So like, you know, they've got their, their teeth and all that kind of stuff. But fundamentally, they're still humanoid. Um, but in terms of their visual style or whatever, I was massively inspired by Nosferatu, and um, yeah. uh, and the master from Salem's Lot, which is also inspired by Nosferatu, but yeah. um, you know, in terms of that look, I just thought that was really. really you know, I remember seeing Salem's Lot for the first time as a kid, and and shitting myself. I thought it was. <laughs> um, so that was the kind of vibe I was going for, just Amazing. really creepy, bald, fangy, toothy things. Yeah, I mean, uh, it'd have to be very fun. Two of them crossed with Gollum from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of Gollum in there, I suppose, as well, unavoidably so. Um, I mean, yeah. anything anything that looks like that kind of shape or gangly kind of look that's in a cave is always going to be compared to that because of the the obviously the amazing response that Lord of the Rings got in the first one and whatnot. But yeah, um, one of the things that we had to deal with was um, there was another film that came out around the same time. Um, Oh shit! What's it called? It's about the um, uh, someone's uh, this creature guy living in the underground system in. in the oh, UK. creep, creep, um, creep is phenomenal. I love creep. Yeah, fantastic film. Fantastic film. It's um, yeah, um, but the but when you revealed the creep at the end, and he was wearing a pair of shorts, and it kind of threw me a little bit. I was just like, it kind of undermines his creepiness <laughs> that he's wearing shorts. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, but but given you know the nature of that story, it makes sense. He was just a guy yeah. uh, who was living down there. But I was watching it going, you know, we, you know, for the for the crawlers, he can't we can't have them wearing any clothes because like if you they're not human human, and why would they wear clothes? Because um, then they will look like Gollum or whatever. We're we'll given pants <laughs> or loincloths. Yeah, like pair, pair of cargo shorts there. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, I've got to figure out how they basically got to be stark bollocks naked 
Um, and then you're like getting the actors and stuff to do that. But then we also can't have a bunch of stock like naked people running around in the film because then you know then it'll get banned or whatever. Um, it's, so yeah, so then we came up with these little little pouches that got glued to them and stuff like that so that they could run around. Uh, yeah, so they could maintain their dignity but still, for the creature's sake, look yeah. natural. Uh, I have to say, uh, I, 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 you know, you you really do not get out of the park with your creature designs. I have to say. Thank so, you. Well, uh, I mean, that was not just me. I mean, I, I had my ideas, but with uh, you know the incredible design team on Dog Soldiers and and uh, and on Descent, um, Paul Hyatt did an amazing job with the colors. Um, uh, Dave Bunnywell and and such like did design the the werewolf. So, yeah, I mean, amazing. And that, uh, fanboy here we're eternally grateful to you all that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> hey they yeah. they will be they'll be glad to hear that you appreciate that <laughs> see um no like even just before we came on obviously you showed us the the head from the from the werewolf oh, wow um like have you got stuff from all of your movies and so the likes of the descent and stuff um, how much I've do you probably take from the descent <laughs> Well, I mean, I've got little bits and pieces. Uh, Paul Hyatt did me you know, like a life cast of one of the descents, one of the crawlers' heads. Okay. Uh, oh, nice. Big life-size maquette of the head, um, but because there was no suit or whatever to have it. Was yeah. Just, yeah. Um, so you I'll, can just let Craig out of the out of the out of the, the wardrobe. Yeah. Just, 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 around. Keep, just keep yeah. Craig in the basement chained up. <laughs> um, so uh so there's that kind of stuff and, and i've got one of the the, the pick the pickaxes you know, i figured that's the, i thought we would have been one of the only things i would have thought that could have come off it yeah i got i got whatever props i can get i always try and get some memorabilia from my own stuff so uh with dog soldiers it was like you know the werewolf thing and um some other bits and bobs i can i've got around somewhere but uh yeah the, the descent was a pick it was like centurion i've got etain's spear um, oh, class! Which was like I designed the spear to look just like the spear from Dragon Slayer, so <laughs> so I could have my own Dragon Slayer spear. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna make it, if you're making the movie, you can kind of do what you want with it, make it look like, yeah, like yeah, what I you want it. Look a little bit like the Dragon Slayer spear, because then I can have. Like, it's for you. <laughs> Neil, would, would you would you have the actors that uh, looking for props or at the end of filming or? Uh. That you can remember. Not that I can think of. I mean, I think sometimes they might want to take a personal item, like because um, in Dog Soldiers, each of the cast had their own set of dog tags. Oh, cool! Uh, for yeah. their character, and I think I think they they all kept them, which is great. Mm. So they should. Um, I'm not sure what the girls in Descent would have kept, to be honest, unless it was like a helmet or something like that. Yeah, or a jacket. <laughs> yeah, maybe items of clothing. I see that that happens quite a bit. That because once an actor's been wearing a bit of clothing for like six weeks of blood and guts and God knows what, yeah. it's like nobody else is going to want it, so they might as well keep it. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I funny enough, I heard a little a funny story from uh, just to go off a little bit here. David Norton was talking on a, a, an interview, another podcast actually, and he was saying that he was doing a signing. You've probably heard this, Neil. I don't know, but. Uh, some guy came up to him with, you know, the anorak that he wears when he gets attacked, yeah. and um, he was like, "Yeah, I got this off someone, whatever, whatever." And so uh, Dave and I was like, "Oh, Daddy, I'll sign it for you." And he goes, "No, no, no, I don't want you to sign it. I just wanted to show it to you." <laughs> I mean, 
Why wouldn't you scan the sign at like? That's insane. I mean, Jesus, sign the inside or something, but like, Some... get it signed. Oh, I just thought that was crazy, like, you know, but yeah, I, I, heard... I, I... Yeah, I heard, I heard, obviously, from, for the love of horror this year, someone brought you up what was supposed to be Joe's jacket, was it? Uh, yeah, somebody, yeah, it wasn't Joe's, it was, um, um, uh, it was, it was Les Simpson's jacket, supposedly. Um, uh, I mean, I, like, I have no way of proving or disproving <laughs> if it, I, I took, I took the word for it. Signed it, um, but I have no idea. You've just legitimized the fight himself. Why, why <laughs> disprove someone else's thing going, oh yeah, that's uh, definitely not magic. Yeah, if, it, if if they're happy, they're happy. I'm very happy for them. We did, we had somebody brought up a, uh, like a, a, a fake machine gun, a toy machine gun for us all to sign. I haven't signed a machine gun before, so that was <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice thing to sign. Um, yeah. Neil. Uh, indulge me here for a minute if you don't mind because I get an awful lot of uh, beatings on this show every week about American Werewolf in London, okay? Um, Why? Because uh, like Greg is it, Greg loves to argue, right? And me, never. Yeah, Greg, yeah. Never. But let me give me your take oh, on, on American Werewolf in London. What, what, do you like it or, you know? Of course. Um, I, 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 I love it with a passion. Um, I, I, I think I first saw that on VHS. I must have been about 11, 12 years old. <laughs> and, um, back, you know, this is before the video nasties and stuff like yeah. that, back in the day, the first VHSs. My first experience of American Wild from London. And, and what I recall about it was that the first time that I saw it, I didn't get the humor at all. I just thought it was scary as fuck. Um, and it wasn't, it was only after successive viewings of like, and, and also just getting older I suppose of, of like starting to appreciate this the, the humor in it and how you know the wonderful dark humor that, that's in it um, and then later on meeting Landis and stuff like that I mean one of one of the uh, the best experiences I've ever had with that film was that uh, for the anniversary I guess it was the 30th or 40th mm. anniversary maybe um, they screened it at Fright Fest in London with the new the new Blu-ray or whatever the new digital version they screened it yeah. at Fright Fest and Landis was there, and Landis yeah. was sitting sitting behind me when the film was playing, and <laughs> basically gave me a live commentary over my shoulder <laughs> of the whole movie like oh, oh this is where we shot that this is where we did that and that's how we, it was it was awesome priceless it was, it was it was just one of those moments that you just think God this is why we do what we do and, and mm. uh, lucky you might have been there and this was like in Piccadilly Circus or just next to Piccadilly Circus so like after the movie it's just like shit you know let's go see the location mm. but it's um yeah those, those kind of moments make it all worthwhile american wealth in london massive inspiration for dog soldiers of course um but i also but this there, there was a funny story behind that which is that um when i you know as i say it's it, one of my two favorite werewolf movies um for sure massive inspiration but as i always said when i was making dog soldiers is um we're not going to be able to compete with that transformation sequence so let's not even try. Um, I don't want to do a CG uh, thing because uh, it'll look bad. CG just wasn't, you know, we couldn't afford good CG. Yeah. And like, I don't want it to end up like, you know, American Wealth in Paris. So I just oh, don't, don't want to go down that road. Uh, so I said, for me, my inspiration was carry on screaming. Um, <laughs> when he basically, hides, he basically hides behind the furniture and then comes back up with the monster. <laughs> and I was just like, that's how we'll do it. Because it's not, you know, there's movies that are like transformation movies and there's movies that are just werewolf movies. And I was like, yeah. 
this is like predator it's like it doesn't matter the transformation we, we can't do it well enough so let's not even try let's just make a joke out of it anyway yeah. so that's that but i always said that though i the, the transformation uh in american werewolf is like the best transformation yes mm. but i always liked the werewolf and the howling better I just right. thought it was more impressive. I thought the design was better. The fact that it was on two legs. I always said, it's like, I think a werewolf should be on two legs. Yeah. Um, and I always disliked the fact that the American werewolf was on four legs. And um, I said that in an interview somewhere. And years, years later, uh, I was lucky enough to visit the set of Burke and Hare when Landis was filming that outside. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to the monitor watching this. And... Uh, who should come and sit next to me but Rick Baker? Rick Baker! Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, Landis eventually, like, comes, he's, he's on set, he comes back and he, and he introduces us. He says, Oh, Neil, this is Rick Baker. Rick Baker, this is Neil Marshall. And Rick, and Rick Baker stares at me and he says, Aren't you the guy who said that the American werewolf should be on two legs and not four? And I, I, like, I, I was like a deer in the headlights. I was like, oh. <laughs> and he's like I... he read, he, Not only he read the interview from years before, but he remembered. <laughs> like oh god and, I, and eventually I just said yeah and he said I agree with you and he yeah. said it was Landis who wanted it on four legs and <laughs> I, was, I, on two. And I was like <laughs> dodged a bullet dodged, dodged a bullet yeah so, I was like, oh god I don't want to piss off my idols that's a, um, th yeah. that, that's a point that I brought up to Cal about the, the difference yeah. when, we, when we actually so our most popular episode on this show was a debate that we done we got a guest to come on and judge as myself and one of the other lads and Carl and one of the other lads went head to head on which movie was better in terms of werewolf movie. Yeah. Um, and that was a point that I brought up quite regularly and I still do about the Kester Wolf being maybe too small in terms of size and right. the impact that it's making. But, on... but I think that's what the, it goes to that point that I said before is like because I've seen like the, the life-size version of that thing mm. and it is fucking huge it's big yeah. but because it's on all fours it's like it doesn't have that same yeah. presence to it it's not it's imposing yeah if you if you got the same thing and you put it up on its hind legs it's like oh yeah fuck yeah it's, it's, do you know yeah. what I think impressed me about that particular uh, werewolf nail was how vicious it was yeah. how... no, it is it's, I like the viciousness of it I, they, they did that beautifully the attacks on on mm. at the beginning of the movie and those close-ups and the teeth and all that kind of stuff and the eyes it, it had a real viciousness to which is great but i think what makes for me what makes werewolf scary is the fact that they're part human and by having a creature that walks around like a human is scarier to me than a creature that goes on and all fours like a creature because then it's just it's just a creature mm. it's just a wolf i'm like okay. where's the human part of it let me ask uh, you uh, let me ask you, being an expert on werewolves, okay? <laughs> um, the the I have to say that yeah, okay. Look, so the best transformation scene is the American Werewolf. That's fine, right? But the howling, that transformation scene, it's so weird, isn't it? It's it, well, it's it's kind of does this very similar things um, to the American Werewolf one. It's just it's just a little bit it's just a little bit rough around the edges. That's all, but it's mm. still good. Um, you know, they did it in low light and things like that, but it's, um, I think the problem with that was what I love about American Werewolf thing was that it's, 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 he's on his own. He's not doing it in front of somebody. Yeah. Um, and he's just going through this thing in the middle of a brightly lit room. Um, it's so kind of matter of fact, the room. Yeah. Uh, whereas with the howling, it's like, he's standing in front of somebody who's cornered and you're like, 
if he's gone through all this stuff, can't they just run away? Yeah, that's legacy. But um, I will say, I, I do like the end product, the actual werewolf itself. Then I do. Yeah, like I love that I love the werewolves in the Howling. I yeah. think that they're astonishing. That the huge ears and stuff like that. Mm. And that that moment when you know when when Belinda Belaski comes into the office and it takes the file out of her hand. Oh yeah. So, I was so freaked out by that, and then it then it like smacks <laughs> her across the room, mm. um, and it, and it's like it looks so impressive, and that was one of the things that I designed because in in the howling, despite its height, it still fits in the room. Yeah. And so one of the things that I wanted to do with dog soldiers was like I want to make werewolves taller than the the inside of the house, right. so when they come in when they come into the house, they have to like stoop over. Mm. I love that. Be really kind of like really creepy that they're like having to stoop over inside the house and we did that and it actually helped them support themselves as well because they kept on falling all over the place and they're still <laughs> um but within that just before we start to wind down um i have a question about dog soldiers right and it's one that's been going and me and one of my mates that i said rented it out the first time he loves it just as much and well, probably not just as much as i do i probably love it more but <laughs> Why does Megan not transform until after she cuts herself on the glass? Well, the cut, the cutting the, the the glass thing is completely irrelevant. Um, that was put in there to do with oh god, it was it was. It had an idea about if it, if we were to do a sequel, there was going to be something to do with DNA of the werewolves and like somebody find that piece of glass with her blood on it and be able to do something. I can't remember what the hell it was, but it was like somehow or other that ended up in the film. Um, I was planting a seed for a, for a later concept, um, which never, which never came to pass. Um, but the but the idea was and and you know that's what the speech about. Um, being, uh, where is it? Uh, Kev and Sean are standing next to the window, and they're saying, "Well, you know, is it like when you need a piss? You know, you you got when you when you got to go, you got to go, <laughs> or is it more like needing a shit? Where it's like you can kind of hold it back for a bit, and then you know, but there comes a point when you just have to transform. You just got to <laughs> got to just take that shit. <laughs> it's like uh, so. Uh, that was that was the reasoning behind it. Of like you, although you have to turn, you can either like go with your instincts and just kind of let it all hang out and it's the full moon and it's wanting me to become a werewolf so I'm just going to like just relax and just let it wash over me or you can fight it you can hold it back and because she was initially trying to escape with them she was trying to she thought they might offer some way out mm. uh, she was holding it back but when she realized it, there wasn't going to be a way out at all that the, you know they were fucked no matter what she was like I gotta just let it all go. <laughs> I always, I always had the thought at the first number of years that I've watched it. Now that I've actually got the the answer from yourself, is fine. I always put it down that she was part of the family, but when she cuts herself, uh, it's like she becomes enraged or infected to have to change. Then, well, I'm open to all theories. <laughs> Uh, which is, yeah, you, know, um, you know, I've kind of told you what that was about, but fuck it, mm. you know. Yeah. I mean, it's left there for people. That's that's what that's what I thought of it. And yeah. It was just, it's that was the kind of plot hole that I was kind of always thinking on. Well, why did she not go with them? Well, I also think, in my mind, it makes it more sinister for her to not change and her mm -hmm. to bring them to that house 
knowing that they're fucked. Yeah. So it makes it worse. And she's there with them knowing <laughs> that in about an hour or two's time, she's going to turn and tear <laughs> them all to Sunday. Yeah, the, 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 that she lured them, she suckered them in. I mean, it's. I was trying to like, you know, go into all sorts of, uh, you know, grim fairy tale stuff of like, it's like Hansel and Gretel and the, yeah. you know, the Goldilocks and the Three Bears and stuff like that. And she, she was like, you know, she lured them all into the, the house in the woods. It's a, it's a good way of doing it, really. Um, that that's literally the only issue I ever had with the film. I was like, thing. But I do love the fact that uh, she gets a period joke in there. <laughs> no, it's kind of like I I couldn't resist. I was like, has it been done before? Like, cause I think Ginger Snaps has one. Yeah. Oh, it had. Uh, it was coming out around a similar time. Or I hadn't come out. I can't remember exactly. But it's like, um, surely like somebody's going to put one of these jokes into a werewolf film at some point. Because I mean, up until that point, I hadn't seen any female werewolves. No. So it was like it didn't. There, there hadn't been a, a moment to put it in anyway. So I was like, oh fuck it, I'll put it in the script. Now, I, now I watch it and I'm just cringing at those lines. I was like, oh, it, works. I it works. It works. It works. Oh no, did I really say that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Neil. Perfect. We're gonna come now to the part of the show where we always ask our guests and. This kind of seems hilarious and mad and all in one go, but American Werewolf in London are dog soldiers. <laughs> Which do you prefer? <laughs> that just sounds crazy asking you that. And if you say if you say dog soldiers, I will absolutely bow because you're here. So and you know that's fine. <laughs> you bow anyway. I can honestly say uh, I preferred making dog soldiers. Uh, Fair. Yeah, so that's an honest answer. But um, for me, it comes as a toss-up between uh, American Wolf and Howling. Okay. Uh, and because yeah, I'd be a bit of a dick to name my own film. Um, <laughs> I called this. Now I you said, did. It, I said you he's did. not going to pick his own movie. He did say that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as we said, we we that would seem odd. But what I would say, so and what I'd say about those two is that I think that American Werewolf is the better film. Mm-hmm. But I still prefer the the actual final werewolf in the Howling. That's yeah. fair. I'd, I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's I, I, I can I can I mean, and the great thing about all those those particular three werewolf films is they all have attributes that that you know legitimise their their positions at the top of those kind of we'll say popularity lists or whatever. Like, you know, well, they're all, they're all very they're all very different. I mean, you know, yeah, and, and you know, most werewolf films up until. Dog soldiers, anyway, dealt with the concept of the curse of the werewolf. Mm. You know, the the person who becomes the werewolf and the curse of it. And with dog soldiers, I threw all that out the window because I was like, I, I want to do the the predator of werewolf movies. It was yeah. like they're just the bad guys, and we're going to shoot them with machine guns, and they're going to rip <laughs> their heads off. Hope for the off. best. <laughs> yeah. Hope for the best. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Boy, so man. I think that's that's a really uh, fair answer. That's a safe answer. Hey, he's he's dead right to do that, you know, because he doesn't I want did, to get I in did, the middle of us. I did say he, would, he wouldn't pick his own movie anyway. I'd heard that yeah. you were very humble about it and stuff. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm, I'm proud that it kind of boils down to a choice of two or three movies and Dog Soldiers is one of those mm, movies. Absolutely, um, absolutely. You know? let, let me ask you before we wind down, have you watched a lot of werewolf movies? Yeah. I mean, I'm always curious to see what people do with you know i love i love the genre so i'm always curious to see what p- 
people a, a try with it, you know. Have Have you seen Viking Wolf yet? I've not seen Viking Wolf yet. Is, is it good? It's Very good. Brilliant. Very good. Okay, I mean, recently I watched uh, what was it, Wolf of Snow Hollow, and then oh. um, what was the other one? There was another one called. Um, uh, it was like a Knives Out with werewolves. What the fuck was it called? Oh, um, it's based on the game, wasn't it? Um, it's on it's what? on Netflix, is it? Uh, something like that. It was like it's, it's like werewolves in, in, within. Werewolves, well, among, it's, werewolves with on, among us, or werewolves within, or something. It's, uh, it's the one Ted told us about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm always curious to see what they do with the werewolf and stuff like that. And so. So um, you'll find Viking Wolf very similar werewolf to American werewolf. Okay. But okay. not quite as alien werewolf looking. All right. Well, I'll check when, it out. I'll when you do watch it, Neil, will you let us know what you think of it, will you? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I'm always keen to see what people do with the, you know, with the genre. Yeah. It, and I wouldn't mind, we'd only brought up there not so long ago that there hadn't really been very many good werewolf movies in a long time. And then, obviously, that Midnight Werewolf one, the Marvel one came out. Oh, um, man, Werewolf oh, yeah, Midnight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that Werewolf's Within, um, I think that's what it's called. I think and it's Werewolf's it Within, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, obviously, we had Viking Wolf drop. But I've seen a... Oh, what's... What would you call it? Joe, like, sport, joe.ie or something, put up um, something about Viking Wolf, and it had, it's definitely in the top three or four, and it mentioned Dog Soldiers, it mentioned American Werewolf, and it mentioned The Howling, and I was like, that's rough, that's big company to be putting that in when, it, when it's only out. Mm -hmm. that's, is, yeah, oh well, I better check it out then. It's, it's very good. Uh, watch it with, watch it without subtitles, or watch it with the subtitles. Yeah, because yeah. there's um, dubbing it, on it. Yeah, it, it comes dubbed when you start watching it. Okay. And I was like, it was. I was only about ten minutes in. I was like, no, this isn't right. <laughs> and I, I switched it right. over, but brilliant. Yeah. And um, but I think I think we'll wind down. I don't want to hang on to you all evening. Well, before um, the before the full moon comes out, of course. Yeah. Well, I'm already starting to change here. <laughs> I mean, I'll be like them werewolves if I change it. I just wouldn't have any hair behind my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Neil, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for having me, man. It's been great. It's uh, and anytime you ever want to come back, and just even if you want to come back and shoot the shit, um, shoot some shit. Let's <laughs> actually do that sometime. Just, yeah. If, if, you put, if you put that in the movie, I want to be quoted on that. <laughs> it's shooters. Um, um, but like, but, let yeah, me just time. say before we go, uh, Neil. Um, I think I speak for Greg and myself here, and we are fanboys here. Where I'm, I'm going to say this, um, you know, your film, your films, sorry, have really, really, you know, taken us, you know, and we just want to, we're eternally grateful for your, for your output, and uh, we just really appreciate you being on the show tonight. It's a big night for us, it really is. And uh, we just want to thank you so much. Oh. That's all we want to say. I'm, I'm, I'm honoured. I just, I just, yeah. Please keep, keep, you keep watching, and I'll keep on making. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And if you ever want to throw some premier tickets our way, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll come. He, no. <laughs> he tries. He tries. What? I mean, if yeah. you don't ask, you don't get. Look, this is true. Um, Greg, 
Take us home. Shall we do it like we do it every Friday night, King? We will indeed. Go for it, man. In the words of the great George A. Romero, ladies and gentlemen, stay scared. Woo! Good words.